Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for joining us. You are here at our Stay by the Tree Messages of Hope webinar series brought to you by Mothers Who Know. I'm Karen Broadhead. I'm the founder and director of Mothers Who Know. And I'm so grateful to be associated with, with a company, Life Changing Services, that literally has brought information and resources into my life that has increased the hope and uh, power that I have as a woman and as a mother and helped me to really hold on to my divine identity as a daughter of heavenly parents and a warrior disciple for Jesus Christ who stands for his cause. And Mothers Who Know is really dedicated to serving mothers, of course, because we understand that some of our biggest, stretchiest circumstances in our life happen in our mothering because we love our children so deeply. And we are also trying to navigate having meaningful experiences by ourselves. And so our greatest message of hope before we get started here with Lisa's message of hope for us today is that if you have something at your house where you are seeking the help and, and the increased hope that comes through our Savior and champion, Jesus Christ, who helps us to fight our battles here in mortality, but you're just noticing that the circumstance at your house with your children 
or your loved ones, or even someone that isn't in your home, but you just love them and you know what's going on in their family, we just want you to know that this is a great place to look for resources for your family that align with your values. Because often the things that I want my children to be able to improve in are, I've tried everything I can with my own understanding and my own skill, and I just need some more help with maybe resources for my child and some support for me as a mom so I don't feel like I'm going through this all by myself. So a great message of Pope here today, along with this webinar series, with our messages of hope that are loud and clear, kind of with a battle cry, saying our, our motto for Mothers Who Know is stay by the tree. And BJ's going to tell us more about that here in just a minute. And our scripture theme that we use in Mothers Who Know is 2 Timothy 1.7, and it is, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We are just so happy that you're with us today, and we invite you to, to notice the things that are put in the chat as far as resources for you, and also to listen closely to the things that BJ has to share as we tell you a little bit about life-changing services and mothers you know, and some of our awesome resources that might be helpful to you or people that you love. So thanks again for being here. We're so glad that you're here and so excited to hear from Lisa today. All right, BJ, you're on. Okay. Thank you, Karen. And this is such a, it's a special series and we, we just, we love having all of you and we just welcome you. And this is the second of the three-part Stay by the Tree Messages of Hope series with Lisa and looking forward to hearing from her today. And we're just a, a real group of moms that are in the trenches. And it's just, there's something awesome about linking arms. And so, and when we speak up and we look up and we, it, it does something for everyone. And so I am just grateful that lots of people will do that. And it's Lisa today. And we appreciate you. Just, we just want to give you a little bit of information before we get started. We want to tell you a little bit about us and, and life-changing services, and then also introduce Lisa. So, but just so you know, the format for, for our webinar today, we'll, we go from, we go until about 1030. Lisa will share a little bit of her thoughts and message. And at the end, when Lisa's done sharing, we'll, we'll have some time so to be able to ask questions or share some insight. That doesn't mean Lisa has to know every answer to everything. It just means as we ask and as we share insights, it just, it just does something beautiful. So we love that part as well. So, and I just wanted you to know also that Karen is, that just started us off today. She's just been the, uh, just the anchor for this Mothers Who Know. She's the founder and director of Mothers Who Know and has been the parent support specialist for life-changing services for over a decade and, and is also a certified life coach and just loves women and loves the Savior and always points to Him. And you'll find that in everything she does. We just, I just want to acknowledge and appreciate 
what she's doing as well. So let's let's get going here. We wanted to let you know that we're sponsored by Life Changing Services. Karen mentioned them, and they're just this amazing team of Latter-day Saint therapists and other professionals that provide gospel-centered training and healing. And their goal is to help individuals and families find peace and healing through uh, therapeutic recovery and training programs. And so if you have a loved one or you are feeling like you're caught in the trap of pornography or navigating mental health issues or issues with marriage or uh, other things like that, other difficult challenges of our time, you can go to lifechangingservices.org and see the programs that they have. They're just incredible people, incredible uh, skills and tools and things that are, are taught there with such a beautiful foundation of values. And we love that. That's so important to us. And then Mothers Who Know is one of the programs that are offered through Life Changing Services. And, and we are just an online faith-filled gathering place for women who are trying to joyfully support their self and their loved ones as we're navigating real life. And it's just a powerful place to find connection and support and training and hope because it's a Christ-centered spot. And so we offer a variety of classes and support groups and webinar series like this one, podcasts and so much more. So you can go to mothersuno.org and find all of those things. Lots of the resources are free and they're incredible incredible. One of the resources offered through Mothers Who Know is Mom Power Training. We always like to highlight this because it's just a free self-paced training. It's an eight-part training that you can just listen to when it's convenient for you. And then we also have a live discussion and mini class that happens that complements that series. So the next session will start June 21st. So here just in a couple of weeks. You can just go to mompowertraining.org to register, or you can also go to motherswhoknow.org to find all of these resources and look under the support and training tab. So mom power training, it is one thing we love about mom power training. We like to just put in a nutshell, what is this? It's just a beautiful way to link arms with other like-minded women. And also you'll find that you will set some powerful habits in motion and learn some new things that will just elevate the way that you think. And when you elevate the way you think, you can it changes the way you feel and the way you act. And, and we love this. We love that to, to share that. So please feel free to invite anyone to, to join us here. And it's just a 30-second registration, and they'll send you all the information. <clears throat> Karen mentioned the name of this webinar series, Stay by the Tree. You know, as mothers, we understand the worry and fear that we can feel as we're we're hoping to make sure that our loved ones and ourselves find the Savior. And so the name of this series, Stay by the Tree, it comes from the scriptural account that's in the Book of Mormon. It's of a just a beloved parent and prophet, Lehi. It's commonly called the Tree of Life vision. And in the vision, it beautifully depicts the best place for us to stand as mothers and and as parents, as we are, as we're wanting to help our loved ones. And so that best place to stand is right at the tree while we're beckoning to loved ones on their journey, right next to the Savior is what that means. And so we watch Lehi as he beckons, he invites, he speaks with all the feelings of a tender parent. And sometimes he even calls out in a loud voice, 
And I noticed he also ceases speaking at times. And there's just a lot to learn there from what he does as far as parenting, because he never leaves the tree. And he also doesn't go and force others to him. He invites. So standing safely next to the Savior and partaking of those fruits that he extends is the best place for us to feel peace and hope. And that can happen right in the middle of hard. We've watched that a lot, and I'm sure we'll hear that a little bit today from Lisa. So today's message of hope is by Lisa Grant. I had the chance to meet her over the past couple of weeks, and just what a beautiful soul. And we just appreciate her being willing to take some time to prepare and plan and share with us. And the title of her message is Hold On Thy Way. It's from Doctrine and Covenants 122.9. And we're going to have Lisa's sweet friend, Luann, who's one of our, on our Mothers Who Know team, introduce her before we get started here. And then after Luann, we'll just turn the time over to Lisa. Yes, this is my friend, Lisa. I, I met Lisa, wow, in August when our husbands started serving together in a church call. I didn't know Lisa lived in our state, in my neighborhood, and our children are not the same age, so we didn't really cross paths, but I've got to know her a little bit better. And she is a delightful person, so friendly, and you're going to love her her presentation. I'm I'm grateful that she said yes to, to present to us today. So a little bit about Lisa. She is a wife and mother of four children and a grandmother to two. She grew up in Davis County, Utah. For those of you who may not who live outside of Utah, that's about 20 miles north of Salt Lake. She met her husband while they were attending the University of Utah. And after the birth of their first son, their family moved to Oak Ridge, uh, Tennessee, and they lived there for 10 years. And Tennessee is where her, her husband, Reed, is. So while they were in Tennessee, the Grants added three more children to their family. So another son and two daughters. And she's going to talk about all of them today. They made their way back to Davis County, and they've lived here for 26 years. Lisa became a teacher in her early 40s and taught high school English for 12 years. And there again, my kids went to the same high school and we never crossed paths there either. But a few years after retiring, she was able to be a full-time grandmother and she just loves that. There was a time where her daughter's work schedule changed and she wasn't doing that all the time. And that was something she longed for. But now that uh, the circumstances have changed, she's, she's watching them work consistently and but leaves her exhausted. She enjoys being with those little, little people. And I can tell that she's a great, wonderful group. She enjoys singing and is a part of the Salt Lake Singers Group. In fact, she and her husband, they recently returned from a trip to Ireland and other areas in Europe where they were able to, to sing and perform. When we go to the next slide, there'll be a picture of her and her husband on the, yeah, on the steps of the St. Paul Cathedral and in London, England. So that is way cool. Lisa loves to like, kayak and garden and read. She really loves to be with those those granddaughters, Lily and and Grace. So I'm excited for you guys to to hear from her today. So Bisha, do we just turn it over to her? You wanted something else to say? Okay, Lisa, take it away. Okay. <laughs> Well, it is wonderful experience to be here. I have to admit it's been a little bit scary and I feel, but I do feel like I've been, had the support of this great team of women and I have people who I've asked to support me and I've also dealt their spirit. So, so grateful for that. I, as Luann said, 
we met while we were on a tour of Adam Ambayaman and Independence and Liberty. And while we were there, I was, I think one of the most profound things that hit me was our experience at Liberty, at Liberty Jail. And we saw the replica of where Joseph Smith was when he received, when he received sections 121 and 122, 123. And, 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 you know, knowing the background of what was going on and all the hardships and trials. And so I'd like to just kind of begin right there because it brought a whole new depth to, you know, those scriptures to me about his experience and his pleading and then what the Lord has to say to him. So I'd like to begin today by looking at section 122. And I was going to show you my scriptures because it shows, I don't know, can you, if I do this, can you see my scriptures a little bit? But anyway, I don't know. In the orange, I've listed all the, let's see, all the times where it says, I don't know if you can see those, but anyway, it says all the, there's like, I counted them. There's 15, there's 15 places where it says that the Lord lists these possible tribulations. And it's like, if you, if thou art in perils, if thou art accused of all, you know, false matters of accusation, if thine enemies fall upon, you know, all 15 of them. And I just, and, and I, and as I thought about that, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher and I, and I, and I'm a fascinated by words and what words can do. And I just kind of thought, what if, um, I, not what, but isn't, wouldn't really the right word to put in there, not to correct the Lord, but when is when and not if it's like, so he would, because pretty much we could have guaranteed a proof we're, we're guaranteed of tribulations in our life. And so it would be more like when thou art, you know, when thou are called pass through tribulations and when thou art in perils and when that and when fierce winds become thine enemy that's one of my favorite because of where we live in davis county we get a lot of winds and you know and that has been a, you know one of the challenges that we have and i just think it's and i know that we don't have to do a lot of the things in that's in those scriptures doesn't apply to us there's a lot of so, the use of sword and we don't have to do that but i do think that it's a great place to look at when you know even the prophet was going through just a, such a struggle and, you know, and, and he wants to know what the right answers. And the Lord just tells him, you know, guess what? You're going to have tribulation and, and it's, and that's, you know, going to be part of your life. In a recent conference talk, elder, and so I have to tell you what, let me just give you a little background on why I was asked to do this after. So we went on this cute little trip in, and learned a lot in in this, you know, church history trip in August. And then shortly after that, I was asked to speak in state conference, a women's conference is in state conference. And I was just dying because I am not, I just am like a, not a nobody, but I'm just not someone you would like go, oh, she should speak in state conference just because <laughs> I'm, you know, it's just not who I am. And so I was really just a mess, but my Stake Relief Society president asked me to just talk about the, you know, the struggles I've had in my life and just to, and just how I've held on, you know, through it all. And that, you know, and so that whole, that white theme. And so it was really a process for me. I have to tell you that it was sometimes painful because I had to go back and revisit some hard, hard things in my life that have happened in the past. And but at the same time, it was such a great reminder of the Lord's hand in my life. And 
So it, so I don't know. So you'll have to forgive me because it, this was a talk that was prepared for state conference, a state women's conference. And that's where Luann heard me. And so she's <laughs> thought that it would, should be shared. And I, and I was honored by that, but at the same time, I feel very humble about it because I, anyway, so I hope you'll understand that. But anyway, in a recent uh, conference talk, Elder Uchtdorf reminds us that the righteous are not given a free pass that allows them to avoid the valley of shadow. We all must walk through difficult times for it is in these times of adversity that we learn the principles that fortify our character and cause us to draw closer to God. And I thought that was the perfect quote. That was actually from Elder Uchtdorf's God will do something unimaginable in 2020. And the Lord gives Joseph Smith this advice after all those ifs. And he says, hold thy way. And I'm going to, let me just, I will pull that scripture up. That's okay. And we'll see. There it is. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And let's see. Let's see. We've got to get this guy going. All right. So here is verse nine of section 122. Therefore, hold thy way. Hold on thy way. And then it talks about, this is his advice, hold on thy way and the priesthood shall remain with thee for their bounds are set and they cannot pass. Thy days are known. I think this is one of the things I underline in my scriptures that he, he knows he's, you know, he doesn't leave you alone during that. And thy year shall not be numbered less. Therefore fear not. That's the other thing I had in there because sometimes I'm, I'm, fear is part of, you know, what we go through, but there's a lot of other emotions as well. And, but I love the end is for God shall be with you forever and ever. And that is the, you know, the great promise of that section of the doctrine and covenants that I have um, loved. So what I would like to, to do is let me just give you a little, I'm going to give you my little math of my talk. And so I just want to talk about that the fact that holding on our way, it says, hold on thy way. And I think really holding on thy way is he's saying really hold on to me and hold on to my way and hold on. And so I think, you know, hold on to our savior and, and hold on to the things that we know to be true. And so I'm just going to share with you how I've held on my way and it's, and, and I love to stay by the tree idea too. On my, I don't know if you can see on my shelf, I have a really small, but I love books. And on my shelf is the tree of life. I mean, and it's, you know, the Lehi's dream. And it's part of my decor because that is such an important part of me and what is important to me. So I just, when these ladies invited me to do this and I've watched the other webinars, I thought this is a group that is just has the same kind of idea as me because I feel so strongly about the tree as well. So this is, anyway, so, but holding on um, to our savior. So I'd like to share with you three examples of adversity. And that's not the total sum of my adversities in my life, but I'm going to share three of them and three ways that have helped me hold on to the what my way. And then I have three visual aids and they are, they are vessels that, that have the purpose of holding um, something and they have a symbolic meaning. So I'd like to start. And this was something that a lot of people told me they weren't familiar with, but it's, I was given one 
by a friend and, and it's had a great meaning in my life. This is called a lacrimatory or, and it's easier to just say a tear jar, but it has an official name like that. And tear jars were prevalent, prevalent in ancient Roman times. And when mourners collected grief, I mean, collected tears of grief and longing and placed them in burial tombs, it became a tangible symbol of love, sacrifice, and devotion. In Psalm 56, 8, it mentions one of these jars. David wrote Psalm 56 when he was on the run from his murderous King Saul. His anxiety was so intense and his faith was so determined that he considers how God has collected and recorded all his tears in a bottle. Quote, thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? David is telling the Lord, you keep track of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You recorded each one in your book. To me, this is really comforting to know because it just is an illustration of how the Lord is so aware of our trials and our sorrows. And, and that's very comforting to me. In the New Testament, in Luke 7, 38, a woman comes to Jesus to anoint his feet with her tears. And it's possible that she brought this lacrimatory or this tear jar for this. And in the Book of Mormon, how many times does the Lord hear the cries of the people and, you know, and they, and they want him to answer him. But I think that so often when we pray or when we're crying out to the Lord, we do have tears that are, you know, collected in our, you know, either, you know, our spiritual tear jar. And it's so, and I'm so grateful to know, know that the Lord has empathy and sympathy for me as far as that goes. So the tear jar illustrates the value, the value of tears and how suffering does not go unnoticed. This one is something that you may be more familiar with, especially with the parable of the 10 virgins. I, I the parable of the virgins is, could be a talk completely into itself or even a book. You know, it has so much symbolism. And as I was looking for a uh, different help in this area, it's interesting. Elder Bednar uses this parable in several of his talks. It's one of my favorites. And I it's found it interesting that as I looked for information in my research, that it was Elder Bednar had several talks about that he uses and he uses different symbolism in it each time. But just the, I think the most common symbolism of, of the parable of the 10 virgins is that we um, are the 10 virgins. The members of the church represent the uh, virgins in the parable. The bridegroom is, of course, our savior. And even more specifically, he's the savior when he returns to earth for the second coming. Now, what's really interesting that they don't really mention or show very often in the parable of the 10 virgins is the vessel that the oil is that they bring the oil in. And this is the lamp, but there is a special vessel. And I wondered what it looked like. I wonder if it looked like the lacrimony or lacrimatory, so that's a hard word for me. Or if it was, you know, maybe something made of, you know, skins of animals or what, I don't know. But you, that was their, that was their reserve. And that was, that was the one that they stored their oil in. And this is what the wise five wise ones had and the five unwise ones and the five foolish ones didn't. So 
I'm going to talk a little bit about that oil you know, throughout my talk because I think it's very symbolic of how we become closer to the Lord and sanctified. So it's so, and I think it's really important that we have that reservoir in our vessel because it is for those ifs and when times, you know, from that scripture. So the lamp holds, holds the um, oil and it represents, of course, the light or the light of the gospel. But the actual oil itself, that whether it's in the vessel or in the lamp, represents our faith, our testimony. But we don't just get it. We can't go to the, I'm going to go to the faith store today. I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to order my supply of faith and testimony for the next year. You know, it's just not that, that's not how it works. You have to, this is what, and this is really powerful to me because, and this is came from an talk by Elder Benner. It said drop by drop, you know, line upon line thing that you get it filled. And it's not like go to church. Gosh, that was a great meeting. Man, I got six drops on that one, you know, or whatever. I think it has to be really part of the service we do. It's the ministering we do. It's the, the adverse, you know, the times that we go through hard times and it's, every act of dedication and every act of obedience. And that fills our vessel and eventually our lamp drop by drop. Okay. And this is one I'm going to go switch countries on us all. And I'm going to talk about this yard of Kintsuki. And so my husband went to a client event and introduced me to this. And it was a powerful thing for me because I do feel that's exactly, you know, what I feel like a lot of times is I feel broken. I feel so broken. And it's a term that I've used a lot. So let me just explain to you about Kintsuki. Kintsuki is transforms damaged and broken pieces of pottery into something more beautiful than they were when new. The Kintsuki method of pottery mending follows the belief that each golden fracture on vases and pots represents the history of that artwork. It tracks everything each particular piece has endured with every glittering chip and crack. The literal interpretation of Kintsuki is golden joining or join with gold. The pieces are sealed together with lacquer, a glue produced from the sap of a, of a tree indigenous to Japan called Yurushi. Yurushi is considered precious and the only way you can get it, this is so symbolic. I just, when I found this out, I had, you know, it's one thing to know what, the, you know, the bull represents, but to, to know a little bit more. So the only way to acquire it is by chopping down the tree from which a single cup of sap is extracted. Japanese artists often view the sap of the tree as its blood and taking this sap to create Yurushi inev inevitably ends the life of the tree. The gold appearance comes from the effusion of gold power with Yurushi. Gold comes from the forges of a refiner's fire. And so in the Bible dictionary, it tells us that Christ is the great refiner. And Zechariah 13, 9 says, I will, I will refine them as silver is refined, and I will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name, and I will hear them. And again, that same message is that even through our trials and even while we are being refined, that the Lord is aware of us. And that is to me really comforting. The broken pieces of the pottery represent for me, the many trials and tribulations we have in life. And those precious veins of gold that are 
in the Kintsuki represent the Savior's love. And even more so, as you've heard about where the Yurishi comes from, it's the atonement and its healing power. I, I believe we need to hold our way, though. This is what was, you know, I don't think the Lord goes, oh, there you are broken. I'm, you know, let's get the glue. Come on. And he glues us back together. We have to be willing and strong enough to pick up those broken pieces and hold those broken pieces together so the Savior can mindfully and mercifully mend us while we hold it together ourselves. I don't think it can be done, you know, he can't hold and glue at the same time. We have to do our part. And so as that happens, as we pick up the pieces, and I think for a long time in my trials, I just looked at the pieces on the, cr- on the ground and cried into my, you know, teardrop. <laughs> but eventually you pick up the pieces and you hold them and you can feel that powerful work of our Savior in the atonement. And, and as we're healed, we become more resilient. I think, you know, the fact that you are a stronger bull because of the Yerushi and the gold refinding. And so we're more resilient, more strong, and more beautiful in a way. So, and in Isaiah 8, 48, 10, it says, Behold, I have refined thee. I have chosen thee from the furnace of affliction. Okay, so those are the vessels that I want you to think about as I talk about some of my adverse challenges. Let's, and as, as, as BJ taught me, my stretches. My, I was, my, and I love that, the idea that we are stretched a lot. And so now I'm going to call these my big breaks. Okay, so this is big break number one. Okay, and this is... It's, you know, this is the hardest, not the hardest one, but it was the biggest to me, the biggest break. And my oldest son, Andrew, my oldest son, Andrew, passed away when he was 14 and a half years old. My bowl started cracking when he started having neurological problems around age 12. So after a year and of testing and no answers, he finally had a brain biopsy. And we were told after that brain biopsy that he was terminally ill. So my bowl was broken, was, you know, cracked, but it was really broken and it stayed broken for a long time. As I watched this beautiful child and deteriorate for a year and a half from a disease that they did not have a name for, they did not know. They just told us about the symptoms and that they would be progressively worse and worse and And I think that was part of the hard thing for me was not knowing what it was and, you know, and not having any control. I'm, you know, so as a person who like, and I think as parents, we wanted, and you go through such a gamut of emotions. Like I just wrestled and just said, please, you know, Heavenly Father, please take me. He's such a beautiful child. Please, you know, that kind of negotiating that goes on when you, when you're, when you love, you know, your children so very much. So I also, before I, as part of my, you know, gambit of emotions, my, one of my very first ones, and this is, you'll learn as you listen from me that I, I'm quick to anger and I'm getting better at it, but that's probably my first reaction to a lot of things. I have a really sweet husband who is not quick to anger. And so he's really, you know, he's really good for me, but I I have a tendency to throw blame and to be selfish. And I was really angry, especially at God. I could not believe that, you know, that this was happening. I cried so many tears into my tear jar. And a lot of them were bitter, bitter tears. 
And even though my husband and I received um, blessings, it, I felt great comfort for them, but I still was broken. And so I began to pray just earnestly after, <laughs> after get mad. And of course, even in prayers, you're sometimes mad, but I began to pray to understand why this was happening to Andrew. He just was a sweet thing. And I just didn't understand why. And but I learned that we don't, we rarely get to know the reason why, you know, it, it just isn't going to be, it's not going to be answered in this life. And you just have to move on. But I did come to understand during that time that the Savior's great love. I didn't know why, but I did know, come to know that the Savior loved Andy so much. And, and I, and he loved me too. And I, you know, and that was really powerful to me for the next year and a half as his body deteriorated, his brain did as well. And so it was a slow way to lose a child. And, you know, some people have, I've talked to dear friends that have lost children and, you know, in, in accidents that were quick or even through suicide, sadly. And there is, you know, losing a child is, there's, it's hard, no matter, I don't, I can't imagine the other way, but watching him deteriorate and was very hard for us as a family as, and for his brothers, you know, and his brother and sisters as well. But he had the spirit in him the whole time. He smiled until the very, his very last breath, you know, he was smiling. And so, so, but after his death though, we were like, I'm sure people were praying for us. We were just lifted by the comforter. We were so buoyed during the difficult time that comes right afterwards. And we had great neighbors and great family support. And I'm so grateful that we had that. But then reality sets in and people have their lives and things go back to normal. And so, you know, you have to go to different resources. And that's when I really turned to the temple. I remember being in the temple shortly after Andrew passed away and I could really feel him there. And I just thought, this is where I need to be, to be close to Andrew. And it was during those early, you know, really after at, at the temple attendance, after that, the you know, I learned one of the most pivotal things in my life, and that is to trust, trust in the Lord and trust that he will heal me because he knows me. He knows my tears. He knows my broken parts. He's so, and I began to understand the atonement in a whole new way because it wasn't for like the repentance part of re atonement. It was having that, he knows how to sucker me. He, he's, I, his bowels were filled with it. You know, I, I understood that now and it was very, so incredibly helpful to me. And I, so, so, and as I did, my bowl, I picked up my pieces and my, and I broken pieces came together and I began to heal. And the, that beautiful gold of the refiners of the great refiner that is our savior mended my bowl. And I have to say that it wasn't overnight. You, the loss of a child stays with you. And the only thing I can say is that there's a hole in your heart. It's a big hole at the beginning and it just kind of gets, you know, it closes, but it's still, there's still a missing part. And I, I remember laughing about five years after Andy passed away. And, and in that moment, realizing that my pain had shifted, that it was the one that I could carry, that it was like, and it reminded me of the story of Alma, of Alma and his people that 
my burden was made light. And Mosiah 24, 14 reminds us that the Lord lifts your burdens so that ye may stand as witnesses for me hereafter, that ye may know for a surety. Sorry, <laughs> I wasn't going to cry because this is, I've had such, the spirit woke me up, sorry. But, but <clears throat> that ye may know for a surety that I, the Lord, do visit my people in their afflictions. So top trust and the temple and time are are great helps, are great helps to me. Okay. Oh, and I was, I'm sorry. I was going to show you a picture. Let me just quickly show. This is what, why technology is not my friend. I, I just can't remember. So this is Andrew. This was a painting that was presented to us on the morning of Andrew's funeral by our neighbors who had it commissioned. And then this picture is always exemplified this little one of him with the rainbow. I don't know if you can see it on your screen, but there's a rainbow. And he's our little pot of gold at the end. And it just reminds me that he is waiting for us, you know, in heaven. And that he, and he really is a great motivator. We have this picture by our front door. And it just is a great motivator to, you know, stand the covenant path. Okay, sorry. All right, let's go to the next one. This is Trevor. This is set break number two. And um, Trevor is my second child and my second son. And he was a blondie after having such a dark haired brother and they were very close and they did everything. I dressed them the same, they shared a room. And I know that Andy's death was hard on all of our kids. He, Trevor was in sixth grade at the time. So it was probably a very hard thing for him. And he didn't talk an, a, about him for a long time, but he, we can all talk about him now. So Trevor is, he left the, Trevor left the church after he came home from his mission early and he was angry at us and he was angry at the world. He was very confrontational and was very difficult to be around. And we were just at odds. I just think, you know, you're a lot, he's like, he was like me. He was just like that anger and was hard to get rid of. And so he came home and went to college in Logan and his lifestyle, he had a different lifestyle. He started, you know, he was included, his lifestyle changes included drugs and alcohol. And again, I came down, which I am fascinated by this. I look for this in the scriptures all the time about, I came down with a disease that's found in the scriptures and it's called a hardened heart. And so I needed to go to a heart doctor. And I, I, I seriously, if you see my scriptures, every Every word, every time the um, word hard is there, I underline it, whether it's being softened or being hardened. And it reminds me of my disease. And I honestly, this is really hard to say, but at the time, I really did not like my son. And he was very difficult to love. I mean, it's one thing to love your kids and love them, but I really had a hard time loving and let alone liking him. And I was miserable. You know, I mean, you, when you choose that path, you are miserable. And once again, I was mad at God and I'm like, are you kidding me? Wait a minute. I just did, you know, I did Andrew, you, I shouldn't have this, this. And so, you know, it's, you know, I'm picking up these broken pieces this time. I was so mad. I couldn't hold them together. You know, it's one of those things because I thought my life should be easy because I had my one big break. And so, you know, there's always that unfairness factor, I think, that comes into your life and thinking, 
man, this is so unfair. I did. I know I did not sign up for this. I, I'm pretty sure on the bottom line, I, you had that hidden in, you know, small print and I didn't have my glasses or whatever. I don't know. So I had these pieces in my hand, but I didn't have this, the right heart to put them back together. I just, you know, there they were, but I was not ready to be refined yet. And so it was also during this period of time that, Aunt, uh, that Trevor came out and told us that he was gay. And when we then, and then, you know, you think, okay, now, now I've really been flipped, you know, and that was a really, you know, that was made my world upside down. And so this was about 12 years ago when the climate for LGBTQ was not one of love and acceptance like it is now. I'm just, I'm grateful for the way that the climate has changed, especially for our, for us, you know, for those of us that have children and that the church is so helpful and, and has all these resources for that kind of help. But it, during that time, I felt a lot of shame because, and, and because of it. And I, and I just felt this huge loss in such a different way. It was such a different kind of loss than Andrew's loss because that lifestyle is for me, it, I've, you know, it's, it's a hard and it's lonely. And I just really didn't want that for Trevor. And, and I just felt alone and I felt alienated because I couldn't, we couldn't talk. I didn't want to talk to my neighbors about it. You know, I did, it was a secret. We didn't tell our family and it was a burden. It was, you know, this burden. And so, and I, during this time, I had just gone back to teaching not that long ago and I was really busy with school as a school teacher and different. And he was at school up at college and we just kind of would come together for family things occasionally and it would be really challenging and there'd be lots of stretching going on in in those meetings and 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 there was nothing there was really not a lot going on I was not convict and you know didn't have the conviction or the desire to fix it I was still in that area just holding my pieces and not you know and so I we were on vacation with our daughters my husband and I and we had, and it was while we were on vacation that Trevor attempted suicide. And that was my big wake up call. And we, I'm so grateful that he had friends and that they were able to help him and get him through that because we were not there. But I realized then how selfish and what a, t you know, and of course you get that guilt. Like I am a terrible person and I'm an even more terrible mother. And I just real, but I realized that Trevor wasn't, I wasn't the only one that was alone and alienated, that Trevor was also alone. I'd probably felt lost too from like the support of us. And so I just dropped to my knees and I, during, after that, and I prayed my guts out. I prayed so much to know how to help him and to support him and to love him. And I knew I needed a lot of help. So I returned again to the temple. Not that I was not going, but I just really turned with like, I need your help. And, and, and I really began to receive a lot of inspiration. And there was a lot of tears that flowed into my jar again. And it didn't happen overnight. But I, again, well, with the Savior's help, I slowly could see how the Savior loves Trevor. 
and he loves him so much. And for some of you, this may have been so obvious, like you are such a, wow, you didn't know that this is all you have to do is to love your, you know, to, to, you know, to love your son and to love him like the Savior loves him. But I was, you know, I was human and it was, but it was really a, such an amazing process. It took a long time. Again, that time was a healer and I was going to the temple and, ser you know, serving and working in the temple. And I really can't tell you that really changed me. Learning to, learning to love Trevor was probably, you know, even though you think that I'd lost a son to death, I, I lost, I thought I'd lost a son, but I'd with Trevor, but the work I did to get it back was worth it. And I think that's what, that's how our savior feels about us, you know, or so worth it. And I, I, I think now, and with the challenge now with, with that is I, I know that my savior and Heavenly father and I love Trevor and I will forever. But the biggest aha that has come from that is that I realize I can meet Trevor where he is with love and respect and be, and I can be deep and I can still be deeply committed to him and the love I have for him. And I can still be deeply committed to my heavenly father and my savior and the gospel and my com temple covenants. And, and I, and still, and deeply committed to keeping our family circle strong and together. And I think that was, you know, 10 years later, this is, you know, Trevor, and I'm going to say this and, and, and you're going to say you shouldn't do that, but Trevor is seriously my easiest child to love. He is, he's changed a lot and he's grown a lot, but I think a lot of times, and I'm not going to say it's because of me, but I think a lot of times the catalyst is our, the, if we can show that pure love of Christ to them, that it, it helps them and it makes them, you know, their heart softer as well. And I think so he's changed because he's grown up, but I think because he knows he's loved unconditionally and he's the one who, no matter what, when he walks through the door for family dinner or whatever, he comes straight to me and puts his arms around me and just hugs me so tight. He's a big guy and he just hugs me and he just whispers mama in my ear. And that's all he says. And he says it in this cute little, and it just, and you know, and on a Memorial Day, we were having this crazy time and I was really stressed with food and family and supposedly fun. And he came and pulled me aside and hugged me and he says, you are an awesome person. And I just, I'm so grateful for that relationship that I have with him. And again, it has to do with the temple and trust. And so let me show you my last big break. <laughs> and this is my sweet daughter, Corinne. Before I start, I just want to make a quick a pause here and just say that I'm telling you about these three breaks in my life and, and that I have in a, in a bowl, in my bowl. But unfortunately, you don't get just one travel a time, you know, so inter, interdispersed through these big breaks were and are like health issues and scares that I've had, the death of my mother. I've had trauma. I had trauma at work and trauma in my family and chronic pain. And I've had depression and anxiety and all these things. And these breaks are out of context. I'm just telling you that they are the Reader's Digest, super duper condensed version. They are 
way, way more. They're way more in complexity. There's way more in emotion. There's way more in length than just these few paragraphs that I'm giving you. And I have to tell you that I'm fitting their stories in to fit this theme, but there were so many things I learned from these experiences and so many other gospel principles that, you know, so I just hope you understand that this is, you know, I don't have just three breaks. I, I have a, many breaks in my, in my bulb. So this is Corinne and this is my oldest daughter and she has left the church. She left the church about five years ago. And so when that happened, I would, had pretty much recovered from my break from Trevor. And then, so this break kind of re-damaged that. It kind of broke the part where I had been mended because I thought, wait, of course I'm like, the same words came out of my mouth are like, are you kidding me? I was pretty, you know, and I was sad and there were tears for that. And I was mad again. So, you know, if you think of that Inside Out movie that Disney has, it's like, I, the egg, little short, angry guy, <laughs> the flames out of my head all the time. So I really felt frustrated and betrayed. And I soon realized I had another recurrence of my heart, heart disease. Ugh. And it was, however, a different situation because different kind of situation because Trevor had been this really great kid. He was obedient. He was an outstanding student and musician. He attended all his church meetings. He played the piano in seminary. He played the piano in priesthood. You know, he went through the motions of going on a mission. And then when, and then when he came home from the MTC, he said, I never really had a testimony. And what really hit me was I knew he really didn't have a testimony. And it was like, and when you hear that, I think that this is what, and I knew it was true. It was like, I, wait, I, you know, I brought you up this way and I, you know, and you've had all this great experience and with kids and, you know, friends and, and I'm just like, what happened? But I, I knew it was true. And that just was one of those things where you can, you, you have to get your own, you know, testimony. And so, so that part of my, re was part of my redefining of that, you know, refining of that break when that happened was that he didn't, when I was going to that refiner's fire, I had to be mended not only because I'm like, I can't be a bad mom. You know, I, I can't be responsible. I mean, you, you do what you do and then you you do it. And so anyway, with Corinne, it was different. Corinne was, she was another, our kids were great, obedient, super smart and happy. And, and she, on the other hand, did have a great testimony and a strong testament. She loved reading her picture of a blessing, you know, during church. And she would, she would sleep, go to sleep, listening to general conference talks and she loved going to the temple and she served in her, in the Relief Society presidency of, in, a, in an LA ward when she was getting her master's. So she was just like this, you know, so when she made that change, I was just like, I was so, I felt really, it was like a bit more of a betrayal to me because I, you know, I thought, oh, you know, my, my kids are dwindling. <laughs> how am I going to get everyone to the, you know, how am I going to get everyone to live family forever? You know, that kind of thing. So. So it was while she was living and working in Salt Lake that there was a change in my husband. And I don't know what caused her to step away. My husband has tried to talk to her about it. I've, I can't, I haven't been prompted to ask her. And she really literally does not give us an answer. She just 
the one time times that she asked, she was asked, she just had tears go down her face and she wouldn't answer. So I, I don't really like the term that she's left the church, but it's, I mean, it describes it more than being less active. I mean, like Trevor, there was a big lifestyle change and I just felt disappointment and anger with every new tattoo and new piercing and Instagram photos of drinking. It was just really hard for me. And I felt, and I felt like a failure. And in our relationship, in our relationship was no bueno. It was, and I, and I knew Corinne could see and feel my disappointment and my judgment, you know, and I, and so I was really, it was broken and I, and I was really, and I was pretty broken and I cried a lot more tears into my, my tear jar. And I, and I, and when I went to Heavenly Father and, and the Savior this time, I said, I really need to be fixed. Really, this is this time I need to understand the healing process because obviously what I did, what I learned from Trevor didn't cross over with Korean and I need to have that. I just need that. I can't keep doing this cycle of da da da, you know, that you're seeing, that you see in me. So I needed something more. So I needed some lasting peace. And so I wouldn't be so quick to anger and and quick to forget, like with Trevor, I just, and, and so, and to love as the Savior loves. So I went back to the temple and I went often and I remember going and it was, you know, and while I was there, I could feel like I was getting my heart massaged. I was, it was loosening up. I was getting this, you know, treatment. It was really great. And I went with a question, very specific question. And I said, who and what can I trust if this kind of shattering just keeps happening over and over, you know, who? you know, how, who, and he, and I, and the answer just came and it, and it was just trust. And it's an answer that I constantly return to. Um, my temple of templates became weekly until the pandemic hit. And I was so like, what? No temple. And so I, for me, the, the temple became a great blessing. And, and so I, it had been a great blessing. And so I had to work really hard. I could just go to the temple and get help there. And so I had to really work hard. I trusted in the divine revelation that brought home-centered gospel study. And because I was kind of one of those lazy scholars. And so I really became, and the sacrament became so much more holy and personal to me. And I put hours, not minutes into study. And so again, here's the time that is part of my healing. And this really contributed to my mighty change of heart and finding peace and adding those little drops of oil to my reservoir. My relationship with Corinne is so, so much better. We've been planning a lot of times planning for her upcoming marriage in September, and it's been just great. I try to see her and love her as our Savior does, and it gets easier all the time. And I can gratefully say I haven't had any heart trouble for a while. <laughs> I was telling, you know, Luann this, I said, I wrote this, you know, when I did this talk back in November and as I was revisiting it to prepare for this, I could tell that loving her has become easier. And I don't know that I would have made that, you know, I could see that because the things I'd wrote and the emotions that I'd used to write the, this talk in November. So I just, you have to know that it's constant life. You just have to keep moving and, it, and you have, you know, you may have setbacks. Sometimes it's a big shattering, but I just think sometimes you, you just know that it's growth all the time. So, so hold thy way and, you know, and I'm holding on to my savior and I, and I feel the, you know, the spirit 
guiding and sustaining me as I, as I go this uh, daily basis. Now, I just want to quickly go through the, the three, and you've heard me talk about them, at, you know, throughout the, this talk, but the three ways that have helped me hold on my way that I have mentioned is, Grin, is trust and temple and time. Let's talk about trust. Elder Donald L. Hallstrom has this to say about trust. When difficult things occur in our lives, what is our immediate response? Is it confusion or doubt or spiritual withdrawal? Is it a blow to our faith? Do we blame God? And this, is, this was very personal to me. I felt like that was, yeah, that. Or others for our circumstances. Or is our first response to remember that we are daughters and children and daughters of our loving God. Is that coupled with an absolute trust that he allows some earthly suffering because he knows it will bless us like refiner's fire to become like him? And I really thought that was that fit into my talk so well. And I was just like, we just have to be always, I think for me, I had to learn trust really the hard way, like for over a period of time. But if we can just learn that quicker, and be ready for it, then it'll go it so much better. The temple, I love the temple. It's such a blessing to be able to return after the pandemic. And I, I just encourage everyone to go as often as you can or sign up to go. I have a testimony of receiving comfort there and receiving answers. My husband and I always look in the mirrors in the celestial room and we look for Andrew at the end of eternities, of the eternities. I also have a, I also have a testimony of receiving greater knowledge and power there. And it's a place where I've come to know my Savior. President Nelson in his October general, uh, 21, uh, 2021 general conference said this in his talk entitled The Temple in Your Spiritual Foundation. Everything, everything taught in the temple through instruction and through the Spirit increases our understanding of Jesus Christ. So understanding him and knowing him and trusting him helped me to hold on to him. I think one of the most powerful things that I've come, is one of the most powerful things that has come from coming to know him is that he helps me see and love others, especially my own children. And then time, uh, the theme hold on thy way is not only the act of holding on to our savior, but it includes the element of time, you know, and I, and I think, you know, the word hold on, like when people tell you, hold on a second or customer service puts you and, you know, puts you on and puts you on hold. And in, 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 the, in the 121st section of the Doctrine and Covenants, Joseph Smith very fervently asked the Lord twice, how long how long you know how long is this gonna last how long are you gonna like not help you know and so again there's this we want things to be answered quickly and and this is the lord's answer he says my son or insert your name here so lisa peace be unto your, thy soul thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment well i could tell you from personal experience that adversity and challenges are never <laughs> a small moment to me. It can never feel like a small moment, but I can testify that I have felt peace into my soul on the other side of them through that gift of time. So I just want to revisit the, the, the three vessels again. I happen to have 
a tear jar that a friend of mine gave me and it's it's on my it's on my mat I keep it in my little you know where I it's displayed where I can see it I'm aware of it and the scriptures that I've found that help me with this is they that sow in tears shall reap in joy and let's see I think the other one is says I don't know sorry Oh, another one says, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And those are both from Psalms. What comfort we have from knowing that our Savior sees our tears and our sorrows and we and can heal us and will through his amazing atonement. This is a Kintsuki bowl. This is the one that my husband got at his client event. He was given one that actually has a hole in it because this is one of the ones that they represent because of Andrew. And because you really can't put back that piece that's gone, it's still beautiful. It's still a thing. And so he actually, this is something that he keeps in his office, but I have, I'm, I'm, I have artists that I follow and I have several pieces of art of Kintsuki because it is a, such a great reminder. Every crack, golden crack sanctifies us and we can be made whole again. And again, it's through the atonement and and I'm so grateful that we're never really beyond repair. And the lamp and the oil. So there's the lamp. I have, this is next to my tear jar on my shelf. Filling your lamp requires careful and methodical effort. I think that's one of the things that I've learned is that you can't be lax. And the adversity and challenges in your life, our breaks are both big and small, will help build those reserves and oil and faith. And, and it's again, drop by drop. So. The Savior is the light that leads us toward and guides us toward the covenant path. And I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for this opportunity. It's, it was very, it's very challenging to go back and read your weaknesses, you know, in the process of this. I think that was super humbling for me. And I, I would have to get up and walk away from the computer when I, you know, prepared it. It was just like, it's painful. But I, but at the same time, I, the Savior would say, but you're, but look how great, you know, you're good. You're healed. See those golden, you know, veins are on your bowl. You're, it's okay. So I'm just so grateful for that. So I, I just know that the savior is the truth and the light and the way that, that we need to hold. And I, and I leave that with you humbly. So, and that's all. Thank you. Oh, Lisa, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so, so much. And thank you for your, for your willingness to, to bring, you know, all that you shared with us, to bring your heart and your vulnerability, be authentic in your pain, as well as your weakness. That's so healing and helpful for us to hear your story. So beautiful. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. So ladies, we're going to transition into just a like a 15-minute Q&A, share takeaways or appreciation. BJ, what do you have? I'll start with you. Okay, Lisa, I just second thank you for being here and just really appreciate you sharing some of those, yeah, just those tender personal pieces. We, we love that. We relate to that. But I do have just a couple, a couple of questions. We'll just see. And then moms, like um, Karen said, we'll, we'll go for... 10 or so more minutes with things that if you have it, something that you're like, oh, I heard this, this helped to make sense of some things for me, or I 
I noticed the temple trust and time. Ooh, I love that. So anyway, just things that kind of stood out. But here's Lisa, if we could just share these couple of questions and, and we'd love to get your thoughts on them. Here's the first one. What you, and I heard you say, I'm a failure, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and all of us have that knock at the door. You know, it doesn't just come once. It just, for me, that shows up lots, you know, and I have to process that and remember what the truth is on it. But, you know, as our kids maybe make mistakes or have challenges or choose a different spiritual path or other choices, you know, sometimes it's easy to feel like, well, that describes that I didn't do okay, or I'm not okay, or I'm a failure. You know, how do you work through that? How, how have you worked through that? And how do you get the truth on that? You know, and this is really, really hard for me. I, I battle Satan every day as far as feeling worthy and like, you know, like being worthy and like, I'm, I'm nothing, I'm nothing special. I, and I, and it really, and sometimes I go into it, it's, I get depressed. And then it's, again, you just have to, I think just go to your resources again. I don't know, but sometimes I just know it's challenging, but it, I try to surround myself. I've learned to surround myself with like, I'm like, one of the things that's been really helpful is Instagram. And I hate to say that, but I have taken things off Instagram and put just like positive things like following general authorities and just positive things that help me keep. And even, I don't know. So it's just like, and just being aware of that, I think just being aware that Satan wants us to feel that failure, that you are the biggest loser. You're a terrible mother. This wouldn't have happened to you if you weren't such a terrible mother. Look at, you know, look at all your failures. And I just think that it's not, I, and my, and, you know, and just the fact that Trevor came back to me and, and I get that positive reinforcement. I'm going to take those words that he's just maybe in passing said to me, and I am going to go to those words, you know, when I need it. It's like, so you take those little times when you do win and you have to hold on to them because there's, I mean, you know, Satan wants us, he's going to buffet us, you know, just, I just, every day I put on, it's like, put on your armor, let's go, you know, <laughs> so that's my answer. I don't, I don't, I know it's a, it is a battle and I'll tell you that it's a battle every day. So. Lisa, thank you. That's beautiful. And let's just, let's just take just a second. Does anyone want to go ahead and unmute? Does anyone have something that they're like, oh, I'd like to share this or ask this? Welcome to do that right now, or I've got one or two other things. Lisa, I was just wondering from your comment just now, you said remembering and holding on to those little wins. Like, is there a way that you hold on to them or keep them? Because I know when I'm spinning in that place of, yeah, I can't remember one nice thing about me. Do you know what I mean? When we get, oh, yeah. But where do you go? Like, what do you do that helps you remember when you can't remember? Do you know what I mean? Is there something? I know. I'm not, I, I really, I honestly, I don't, I'm not good at like writing things down or like, you know, putting little post-it notes around my house. But I do feel like there are things and triggers that, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, Karen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have, I'm not, I don't have a magical key, but you know, if anyone else does, I would love to know because, but I just, if, I just feel like the more that you 
Like it becomes easier. I think that and I can't believe how much easier it is to, to not judge people. And I know that's really sounds really weird, but, and then I find myself judging people and you catch yourself at it. It's like, and you find yourself feeling like a failure and then you can catch yourself at it, but it's, it, it's getting easier, but then I'm 62 years old or will be this month. And I'm just like, that's how long it's taken me. And, you know, and I've, I, d- I don't have all the answers and I, and I don't know that I want, and I want someone to tell me what they are. <laughs> well, you know what? You are such a smart woman. It's so obvious. And one of the things I've appreciated so much at just being associated with life-changing services is the increased awareness that it's given me of how to battle that really intense spiritual battle with the adversary about things that are look like they're true. Like maybe I was a bad mom right there. Maybe I didn't do well. And anyway, but yeah, there, that is one thing that I really appreciated about being here. It's just my heightened level of awareness. That's really, that's what it is. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. DJ or anybody else? Hey, mamas. Uh, we have a lot of things in the chat just saying thank you. And just thanks for being brave enough to speak about hardened heart disease. I love that too. And um, you, you mentioned something about the temple being a place to have, I forgot what you called it, but anyway. Starting and meeting. It's like going to get, yeah. going to get a massage. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's anyway, just, we appreciate that. And let me just ask this, maybe one last question and then and let me just make sure I didn't miss something that was asked in the chat. No, you mentioned just being able to do something with that relationship with Corinne and also Trevor and, you know, and it went from, from a place of, you know, anger and hurt and maybe a, a bigger wedge there. And then somehow it's softened or somehow it's, and do you have any things that, any tips you could give? What? What, if, what are some things you've done or tried uh, to do or tried not I, to do? <laughs> I, I tell, I, you know, and, I, and it's, I tell people that I've been to therapy and, you know, therapy is hard work and, and that, but this kind of therapy that you have to do, this spiritual therapy that you have to do is really, really hard. You, and I think when you make, you know, when I went from, I had to have that big paradigm shift of not me. This is about me. Why is this happening to me? And go, you know, I think, and I just think I, and I've never really thought of myself as a selfish person. I, you know, I think I gave everything to you kids. What are, why are you turning out this way? But I think the idea that you want that relationship, how badly do you want that? And how hard are you willing to work for it? And it was some of the h- hardest work I've ever done. I went back to school as a 40 something year old to get my teaching certificate. And I got my master's when I was, you know, it's so old. And I'm just like, that was nothing compared to what I had to do to do to this. You know, I just, I've, I've had to do hard physical things and it's nothing compared to the work I had to put in. And I, but the rewards are so worth it. And I don't know where I got, you know, sometimes I was so spiritually, I'm not going to say, I was not a week, I just not a weakling, but I've just had like, basic. I had, I was one of the five foolish. I had enough, but I didn't have the reserve. And I think that's the thing that really is important. Maybe to maybe go, I need to build that reserve. 
I don't know how. So whatever you can do, whatever that means temple or, you know, come follow me or whatever, you know, I just think it just has to be all those things. It has to be all things. It's, it's not just one thing. I think, you know, I just, because it's, it's, it's like taking many classes to get your degree in Kitsuki, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's, I, I think that I like, I am not the person I felt like I'm so humbled by the fact that I'm, you know, sandwiched between professionals that do this for a living. I just am Joe Schmell who's had, you know, adversity like the rest of you. And I, and I'm just done the best I can. And I would love, you know, I would, you know, when you talk to people on a one-to-one basis and you can go, oh yeah, I can share that with them because, but I just, you know, I don't have that big broad answer for everybody. So I hope that's enough. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Yeah. So one of the things that I'd love to ask you, just because it's not easy for people to share their heart with other women, especially, (laughs) especially when the attack in the spiritual battle we're facing is you're bad at this job, right? And so a lot of, anyway, how did you have the, like, what gave you the courage when they said, could you just share some of the hard things that have happened to you in your life? At that Relief Society meeting, right? That that right. I noticed. Yeah, like, there was a catalyst. Yeah, but what gave you the the courage to do that, and the insight that that was a good idea for you? Well, I had a really great, you know, cheering factor in my husband, and he's very much a champion of trying to encourage me, and I really appreciate that. And you notice I didn't talk about him at all. And yes, he's caused a few of the cracks, honestly, you know, but. <laughs> But the idea is that you have someone that supports you. Like my children, like my, even my, I did talk about Nicole, my youngest daughter. She's, you know, married, got married to the temple and has two little kids and tries to go to church and, you know, does, she struggles because she's a young mom and it's just so hard. And, and I did talk about her, but yes, I've had her struggles with her and like, they have not heard this talk. She hasn't heard this talk. So I really don't have, you know, sometimes I think we feel so alone in our ad, you know, in, in the challenges that we have. And I've just noticed one of the, you know, and I was just, and I honestly can tell you when I would gave that talk, I was sandwiched between, again, I was sandwiched between these two spiritual women that never used the word crap. And I used the crap word crap over the pulpit. And I was like, you know, and I was, oh, I'm so terrible. You know, like, so I was like, you know, I, you know, I just, so unworthy, you know, I'm like, so unworthy. <laughs> but what really was powerful was afterwards when people came up to me and just said, you are so real. And I just thought, how hard is it to be real? It's, it's not hard for me because I'm kind of a black kind of person and just can talk. But for some people, it's really hard. And I think if you can, if we can make a climate of sharing and a climate of where you don't feel so alone in your challenges, I think, you know, my State Relief Society president happens to be someone that I minister to. So she, she again, is my champion. And so she was, you know, and we had had, you know, these private conversations in our ministry so that she felt, I guess, inspired to ask me. But I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why this happened. But it, I'm glad it's happened. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that I never would have thought back a year ago that I would be doing either, you know, the talk or this even. So I, 
I think that, but I think it's really important that women out there aren't afraid to share things. I mean, I think it's hard because you don't want to interfere with your children's privacy as well. Like for a long time, I didn't want to share about Trevor, but when he's, you know, but it's like when he was out, then I could, you know, and it was easier and it just, so there's a climate for sharing, I think, and it comes with trust and it comes with, you know, you build that trust with women, your neighbors, your friends, your family. And then I think you can just listen to the spirit and it will help you to share. I, I think that's kind of what, what's helped me a lot. So anyway, long, I have long answers for your little short question. Sorry. We're going to go over. Sorry, Luann. No, you are right on. Thank you so much. You know what? I, I don't have this in a place that I can share it like in a really awesome way, but someone shared this with me recently and I just think it goes so along with what you shared today. I'm just going to share the screen here. Let's see. I'm going to move these things real quick. Yeah. Anyway, it was like, for a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks, its insides come out, and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. You know, just the very way that our Father has created the world and us, that everything is designed in a certain way to reach the measure of its creation. And often that has to do with, in order to achieve that, has to do with us come becoming completely undone and cracking so we can grow uh, into something more. Thank you so much for that really loud message that you shared today that was just such a gift to all of us. You know what? When we crack, when we break, when we are struggling in a deep place that we really can through the Savior's help and thank heavens for him, right? In all of this, what would we do, right? Without him to help us through these things. I'm just so grateful for your service today, Lisa. So thankful for him. And I'm just going to turn the time over to BJ so she can tell everybody what's going on next week. Okay. Again, just thank you, Lisa. I just wanted to show this picture one more time with Lisa and her hubby and their cute little mouse on. <laughs> just the yay for fun. And oh, and there's a picture of her family again. It's kind of fun to see them after she's talked about them. That's what. Okay. And just before you, before you head off, we just wanted to share what's coming up for next week. And then just a couple of other reminders and, and things that we have available uh, for you. The next week we're going to have TJ Rowden come. He is, he has a master's and doctoral degree in marriage and family therapy. And he's been one of our life changing services since a Helaman clinicians for quite some time. He has such a love for for young men and a confidence in them and also for families and parenting. So he's going to be talking about his title is from gap to gain through Christ and atomic daily discipleship. It's, it's nevertheless parenting. So we were able to visit with him this week and we just were like, Oh, my moms are going to love that too. We say that every time we meet with somebody and then, so feel free to pass that along. It doesn't matter if people have, uh, been with us for the rest of the series they can just join at any time and then they'll receive the recordings as well so just know also 
you'll get the recording for this message today from Lisa in, by the end of the week, and, and then you'll be able to listen to it again. And then a reminder also, you can just jump on mompowertraining.org to register for that training. It's just a free training that you can just listen to. It has eight parts to it, just with amazing principles and tools. And you've heard hints of several of them today. Lisa talked about several of them and she didn't even know it. <laughs> and it's just, there are things that will just really, you'll love, you'll love the principles for your heart and mind. And so just invite you or anyone you know that you feel like might be benefit or might benefit or be in a place where it lends to their life right now. It's a beautiful one. And then a reminder that today, just at 11 o'clock, actually in a, in a few minutes, we have a, a Warrior Mothers Who Know group of moms that meet every Tuesday at 11 o'clock Mountain Time. And twice a month, we have a therapist join that group. Today, we have Maurice Harker. He comes on the first Tuesday of each month. He's the director of life-changing services, and, and he just comes and answers questions. So he helps a lot with marriage repair and, and sexual self-mastery. He started the Sense of Helaman program as well. And so yeah, there's just a lot of questions about mental health or other things that you can come there. It's just a safe place for sensitive questions. And then this book, Mama Trauma, is a book that Karen wrote, and it is just packed with, with gems that it's talking about finding hope. When your child battles pornography or other challenging issues, you can use these principles for just lots of the things that Lisa talked about today or others. So this is, you can find a free ebook at Life Changing Services, you can, or you can get a, a paper copy if you're like me and love to have something that's in your hand and to underline and use. That's just a wonderful thing. And also Karen does group coaching and individual coaching, and she also has a 30-minute visit that she does. It's just a complimentary 30-minute visit. If you're feeling like, I'd like to figure out which resources or uh, things that might be helpful for my family, not quite sure what direction to go, or I just wanted to talk to somebody. Karen's so great at that, and, and you can just schedule that with her. You can go to mothersunow.org, look under Work with Karen tab. There's a tab at the top that says Work with Karen, and you can just easily find that and, and just schedule one of those, and, and those are Awesome. This is from her book. It's Mama Trauma. And, and it says, we know that despite what the world is shouting, we and our children can stand tall with hope and power and light because we know who the Savior is and we know how to rely on his enabling power. We've watched that. We've watched lots of, lots of what we like to say. There's a message and a miracle in every mess. And Lisa's been a witness of that today as well. Lots of them. And you are one of those miracles. So uh, just thank you, Karen, for helping us get going. Thank you so much, Lisa, for your generous way of sharing. And honestly, just for being you and being willing to stand up and speak up. So we appreciate that. Karen, did you have anything at, here at the end? I didn't know if you wanted to leave a final message or not. No, my... My thought about the seat was my final fancy. Do you have any final thing to say, Lisa? Well, I was thinking, you know, one of the, I have, you know, I have these things on my mantle to remind me of things and my, you know, my Lehigh stream. And I also have a sign that says, find the good. And I think sometimes it's just basically that's what, you know, we need to. And I think 
And if that means that's the way you battle Satan, or that's the way that you help your children, or that's the way that you meet your challenges with other people or other things is just finding the good in it. And then, and I'm glad that I have, that is a, that's an actual physical, you know, thing I can see and look at, but it's really, if, if I think that it's just, we're all Heavenly Father's children. There's so many, many people out there that are Heavenly Father's children and he loves us so much. And so does our savior and they only want what's best for us. So I just am thankful for this opportunity to be reminded of that. And I, and I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks BJ and Luann for your help today. Thanks everybody for being here. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSAA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothershoknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothershoknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.